Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. Welcome to another edition of In Between the Pages with James Lott Jr. I'm James Lott Jr. And we're going to get in between the pages and much more with this guest who... I, you know, I, I ran across his series. I ran across his social media. You never know who's watching you. That's the whole point, right? So we, as, as I'm going through scrolling through and, you know, seeing hundreds of people or whatever, sometimes something catches your eye. And so this series, misguided this series, caught my attention. And I love it. And this guy, because he has the greatest, I thought I took my name and used it for stuff. He has the greatest handle Cosmopolitan is his handle. I love it. Cosmopolitan Entertainment. I think, you know, rivals my a lot of help and things like that. So I love that. And his love of guiding light got me interested also. And so he has this misguided series, 16 episodes this season. I'm starting, I'm starting to watch them all now. I've been binging them. And some of your favorite stars are on there from there. Actor, producer, writer, Paul Gosselin. Hi, Paul. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's my pleasure. And I mentioned to some people that I was interviewing you, and they had nothing but glowing remarks about you. Oh. You're, you, know, you don't know who's talking about you, see? No, no, no. This is why I treat everyone so nicely. Right, that's how you do it, exactly. They, <laughs> they build your series and things. And yeah. I mean, so I, at first I ask everybody when they come on the show, because we're at this weird time period. Normally you'd be in a studio with me, talking, I have a ring light over here. There's like construction going across the street going on right now, all kind Fine. of stuff. How are you doing? Fine. I'm doing, thank you. Um, I'm doing fine. This is like a weird thing. I still am able to work, which is wonderful. Uh, but life has been switched all around. Uh, in my day life, I'm a nanny, a manny. Um, so since March 16th, uh, I actually have moved in with the family that I am nannying for. Um, so it's actually nap time right now, which is, which is one of my favorite times of the day. <laughs> I'm loud. It's quiet. I'm loud. No, it's fine. You're in my ears. It's all, okay, it's okay. all good. Okay. <laughs> so you're a manny. How cute is that? I am. Who, I am. Who are you manny? manny? Uh, I manny for two little boys. Uh, Oliver is four and Jasper is nine months old. A baby. A baby. I love babies. I Me too. And I've been, uh, I've been watching Oliver since he was five months old. So like, I feel very much part of the family. So moving in was like an easy decision. And it's just been, I mean, it's been weird to not be with my stuff and be surrounded by things that are me, but you know, to be, to not be alone and be with a family and just, it's actually made this really uh, an enjoy, not an enjoy, like enjoyable experience, I guess. Yeah. It's oh, not, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's pleasant enough. It's not, it's pleasant, not pleasant. That's yeah, it. This is pleasant. It's pleasant. It's just, it's not, you know, you just can, you know, it's crazy. Um, so now I'll get to your stuff. So you, I mean, have gotten some attention from the ISAs and stuff because you're serious stuff. I, I just I, I, this is why, this is why I want to start. First of all, <laughs> who are you? I, I, I was just telling you before that you're so bright and bubbly. Where are you from? Let's start there. Where are you from? Okay. Uh, well, small town Vermont. I love okay. it. Vermont. Small town Vermont. And uh, born and raised 18 years. I wanted to be a soap star for 
my God, for forever. And specifically, I wanted to be on Guiding Light. And so when- Wait, Let's stop there for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Why Guiding Light? So it gets asked a lot and I don't really have an answer except for um, convenience. So it was a show that was, uh, it was on a show that came on at three o'clock in Vermont. So I was home doing my homework when it was on. Um, and also I was raised in the CBS family essentially. So like my, my Nana watched uh, all of the CBS shows. I watched them because my mom watched them. And so, it, it, you know, soaps are generational. So they, they, they just get passed down. So, um, so I think those are the two reasons. And then, I mean, the actors on Guiding Light were just phenomenal to me. Like I loved watching all of the CBS shows, but Guiding Light just sort of stuck, stuck out as like a phenomenal cast. Um, and so when I, when I decided that I wanted to be an actor, I specifically set my target for Guiding Light because I was like, that's what I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to work in Springfield and I want to be like Reva's son. I want to be a, a Cooper. I want to be a Spalding. I don't know, someone, you know? And, and so I, when I was looking at schools, I found um, at the time it was called the School for Film and Television, which had a daytime drama acting program. And I was like, that's it. I'm, that's where I'm going. And so, I mean, so, I mean, so you always want to be an actor performer. That was like one separate thing going on there. You want to be an actor performer. Were you Correct. like, were you like, were you doing plays and things at school? No, uh, which is so okay. sad because there was, there, um, I went to a small private school um, from K through eight and then uh, high school. And there weren't, there wasn't a real drama program at the time. Uh, they did one play pretty much a year. There was definitely no musical, which is, kind of okay because I don't sing very well I do I do really enthusiastic karaoke but that's about it um <laughs> uh, I like that I like that but I'm definitely not like a musical theater performer um so I, I don't know like I just um I forget what the question was now well, like, the thing is, so you just you like you like acting you, yeah you actually, yeah that was it that was the dream you like you like acting so you did so then so then you turn 18 years old and what is what does little Paul do at eighteen years old? <laughs> uh, at, in, in New York. You're in New York. So you uh, put in a big city, Big Apple. So small town Vermont boy moves to Big Apple. Wow. And it was kind of a culture shock because obviously very different worlds. Uh, clearly. Yeah. Um, but I was very focused on on pursuing the dream and like this is it. This is why I came to school. This is. I, I was a good kid growing up, so I wasn't like in trouble with, with my parents that often. I would stick to my, my room, I would watch my stories, and I would just sort of like be by myself. So I kind of kept that going into school as well, um, and just sort of focused on the task at hand and what the, what the dream was, and how can, I, how can I get there? What did you learn about yourself those first kind of years in New York? Hmm. Oh my gosh. It was a hard, uh, it was hard for a lot of different reasons. I was closeted. I was very much unaware of who I was as a human being uh, because I was so um, sheltered and I just was so closed off of fully expressing who I am today. And so those years I was, I was, this is it. This is a career. This is the only thing I'm focused. It was very much tunnel vision and it, it, it didn't hurt, but it didn't help me like grow as a person. Mm. Um, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't come out until 
years later in New York. And you would think New York being such a open-minded city that it would be an easy place to do that. But I still, it was a time when it was uh, early 2000s. So it was, um, it was before Glee. It was before uh, a whole slew of gay characters on television. And it was just, who do I have to, to look up to at this moment? Like, who are these people that I can sort of model my career after? And there weren't that many. And so it was, it was, I got to keep this, keep this quiet for now. Well, you know, it's, 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 I always say to people that it doesn't matter where you are, uh, no matter what part of the country, coming out is something that's very, very personal and very much predicated on just how you are as a person. And I think you know, when you're young, you're still trying to find out, you're finding out about yourself, period, just in, just like in life. And you have this other thing going on too, but you have to at the same time, gotta try to navigate both these things. And people want and people want to know who you are. They want to know, they want to know what are you, what do you do, who do you do, blah blah. blah. And I guess they, they want to do it. It's like I'm 19, 20 years old trying to figure it all out. I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, you're trying to figure it out. It's hard. Absolutely. It's a, it's a journey. And 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 coming out is a journey in and of itself and everyone's experience is very different um and just how they deal with it themselves and how the people that they surround themselves deal with it and and so anyone that goes through it i it, i could sympathize with them and i just know like that it's a it's a very personal experience but you're so young 2000s less i was already grown, grown, <laughs> grown up by then like, oh, bless. Uh, I, I turned 18 in 1987 so yeah, i grew up a long time ago <laughs> Um, okay, so you're in New York City. So you're in New York City. Yeah. You're like, I'm doing the do, whatever. Guiding lights on your brain. Yeah. So did you? So what happened with that? So I, uh, I went to every fan event I could possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love because, it. Because I not only wanted to be a star on Guiding Light, but I was such a huge fan that I was like, I need to, I need to surround myself with these people because they're amazing. And I found myself like at all of the Guiding Light fan events. Um, it was it was amazing, um, which is how I ended up meeting Stephanie Gachet. Yeah. Is at a fan event. Yes. And uh, we we met I think the year before, but it was like the second year that I was there um, at the St. Jude's uh, benefit that weekend yeah. of the Guiding Light fan club. Um, we had the longest talk outside of Marquee outside. And it was all about like the career like that I wanted, like how did she get the career that she has? And like, how can I get to where she is? And she was, a, she was wonderful. And her um, taking the time to answer questions that I had, she probably was like, who's this insane person? He's like, <laughs> I don't know, but she's been lovely and, and friends to this day. That yeah, well, clearly. It's been, yes. Yes. She's, yes. She's absolutely wonderful. Uh, well, side note, are you watching uh, my friend Alan Locker's interviews? <laughs> yes, I am. No, I, I figured, right, yeah, yeah, just, just check it, check it, just check it. Just check yes, it. And I just watched your interview with yeah. him to prep for this. Yeah. <laughs> I love Alan, love Alan. But he worked on Guiding Light and National yes. PR. So yeah, he's, he's doing these amazing interviews with all the, those people, amazing. Yes. I praise him all the time. And I, like I said, people are like, James, it's Alan Locker's doing people like you're doing. And you're doing, like, like listen to me. Nah, I love him. I love him. Yeah, it's so, wonderful. He's working it out. Okay, so how did you get a chance to ever audition for guiding the guiding light? Ooh, I had two auditions. Okay, <sighs> two auditions. So before these auditions, I had um, I had already booked a role. I had an under five uh, role on One Life to Live. 
Wow. Wonderful. My first television audition ever. That's first back then, yeah. I went, I went in. I had the craziest allergies. Because my allergies are terrible in the springtime. Like, horrible. Yeah. And I was having, like, the worst allergy attack. My eyes were bloodshot red. I was, like, sniffing. I was like, oh. Um, but I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go. So it was for, um, team number three, part of the killing club, uh, with Kathy Breyer during that whole whole saga. So it was a flashback. So they needed actors to look like they would be in high school with Kathy Breyer if she was in high school, essentially. So I was old enough, but also young enough. And like this weird face looks like that, I guess. Uh, still kind of does, I think. It's a young face, but I'm an old soul, I guess. Um, and so I got, and I booked it, which was wonderful. And so I, I was able to sort of snowball off of that with my agent that I had at the time. And he submitted me for a general on Guiding Light because he knew how much I wanted to do it. And I went and I met the casting director and she loved me. And she was like, this is, this is, um, a general audition, so we don't have anything at the moment, but if something comes along, we'll definitely call you in to audition for it. And a week later, I got an audition. Wow, okay. No, okay. no big okay. deal, no big deal. Okay, okay. Week later, yes. uh, it was for a, I think he was an intern at Spalding. Okay. And he was um, following Harley. It was when Harley and Gus were still together. I think Gus was working at Spalding or something like this and someone was following Harley or someone was stalking Harley or something and uh Gus Ricky Paul Golding's character thought my intern was stalking Harley so he he's supposed to push him up against the wall and like have a whole altercation with him and I did not get this part oh And, and I like to think that it's because they didn't want to see Ricky Paul Golden hurt me. And and I looked too innocent to be someone that was like stalking. Yeah, I love it. So I love, I love it. unfortunately that was my one and only audition for Guiding Light and I did not, not get it. But it but it makes for a great story and I can continue this path of wanting to be on Guiding Light and I never got that. Well I you know, but my thing is you got closer than a lot of people do when it comes to their dreams. You know, a lot of people just kind of, you know, we're laughing and talking, but like in seriousness, it's like there are folks who say they want something and they never even get a chance to be in front of that thing. Right. At least you did do that. That was amazing. It, I mean, it was, here I am in what, second grade wanting to be an actor on Guiding Light. And then fast forward all these years later and I'm auditioning for Guiding Light. Like I set out to do this thing. Whether or not I got cast is whatever. Yeah. I made it inside the door and I got to do it because I I never gave up. Like I just kept going. And I still I still haven't given up. <laughs> well, you know, nowadays they talk about stuff these days. You never know. I mean, you know. I mean, you never know what form. Things exactly. Yeah, you never know. With all these reunions and stuff happening. And the soap's like not being on air, so it's kind of like a crazy thing. Um, but that's amazing. I think it's amazing. And so, so, so you kept up with that. And then when did you come to California? When did you come to LA? So I moved to California in Los Angeles um, 2011. Oh, okay. So okay. two years, two, math, two years after Guiding Light was canceled. I'm bad at math. Um, but yeah, 2009. 2009. Um, so I realized I, I wasn't in a relationship. I was very single. I, I didn't have any sort of real roots and connections in, in New York City, except for, you know, the friends that I had made 
Um, and I was working in a nonprofit. I, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was an okay job, but it wasn't like what I wanted to be doing. And I thought, they're never going to fire me. I'm just going to be here forever if I don't make any sort of change. And I was like, I need to, I need to moved to LA, I think. And I came out for a week in March of 2011. I came out by myself, spent time finding friends that I knew uh, that were here. Um, It was also my birthday weekend that coincided, which was fun. And I went on a hike with Stephanie uh, Gachet that time because all my children had already moved out here and she was out here for that. And so I um, went on a hike with her and we put out intentions into the universe on our hike because it was the first time I had seen LA in that sort of scope and like, wow, this is like a really cool city that's so big and so vast and, um, and the universe is a really cool thing. So it was like, this it is. Is no, it is. like, like yeah. let's, let's put some sort of intention out. And, and I made the intention that if it's supposed to be, I would love to be in Los Angeles and six months to the day I was in Los Angeles. Okay. You know, the universe likes to listen to me, I think, and, and <laughs> I am very grateful. <laughs> oh, yes, I mean, definitely. It does listen when you, when you talk to it nicely. It does listen. Yes. I believe that. Um, so, I mean, I, it's always amazing to me people who, I lived, I lived, I lived in Pittsburgh, so I've traveled across country. And like, so, people who leave one coast and come to another, it's just very interesting. What is one thing you miss about the East Coast? living out here now for the last eight years, nine years. Okay. So, uh, aside from my friends, because I feel like that's a given, like that's just a given. Um, I miss the subways as weird as that. I I I, I love subways. I mean, I don't know if I would miss them now, like at this moment. Um, but I definitely have missed that, uh, all access, like transportation system that New York has that like, no matter when or where I needed to be, I could just hop on and then I didn't have to worry about driving. I didn't have to worry about parking. I didn't have to worry about anything. I could just use my Metro card, just pop on, boom, done. It's one of the things that I miss. And I have taken LA subway before to get downtown and it is not the same. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I miss my Bleecker Street pizza. Um, Bleecker Street and 7th uh, uh, Avenue yeah. South. 7th Avenue South. I miss my folks there. Hi, Tony, everybody there. <laughs> I love my people over there. Um, I, I miss going there late at night and getting these just giant pieces of cheese pizza. Um, I love New York. I think New York is such a cosmopolitan city, such a mixture. And, and I know, but that, I know on that coast, it's very much theater, very, mm-hmm. much, Correct. You know, very much a heavy theater, where L.A., 
is very much film and television. Correct. Now you're in LA. I know. And this is very crazy because I did more TV in New York than I have done in LA. And I've done more theater in LA than I did in New York. So I'm all sorts of backwards. (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. But there is theater in Los Angeles, folks. Like, yes, there is. I mean, not right now, but I mean, before right. this, there there was theater, and you know, it was theater in Los Angeles. I've I've seen so many different, you know, from big theaters to my friends who work at theaters. I mean, I I, I love live stuff. Absolutely. Um, and LA does have it. You don't hear about it much, but they do. We do have theater. Um, much as Pantages, there's other places too. Um, <laughs> but okay, so now you're here. And then, okay, then let's get some misguided. Like, where did, yeah. where did that come from? Like, how was that born and all that? It was born from a need of having content and needing to put content out there because apparently everyone needs content. Yes. Um, which yeah, I was content, 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 content. <laughs> you get some content. You get some right? content, yes. If only it was that easy. Just like, whoop, there's content. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Um, but so I did a, during one of these plays that I was doing here, um, one of the actresses that was in it was telling me about an audition she had for this storytelling show called Mortified. Oh yes. I love Mortified. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. Speaking of live theater, it's beautiful. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I will speak so highly of Mortified because it's, it's, it's giving I had me the book, I had the book first, and then I saw some live stuff in San Francisco, and I was like, oh my God. And they're speaking my time period. They're my, they love my time period. I'm like, oh my God, it's so mortifying. I love it. <laughs> it's oh, wonderful. Go, oh, folks, you know, Mortified, it's this, it's this touring company that actually takes journals. And from that, from whatever, whatever time period, you read them as is. You do not edit them, you do not make them sound prettier, you don't change the grammar. You <laughs> have drawings that go with them, they show the drawings. It is hilarious and poignant and weird and and it's it's it's, it's all kinds of everything. And I, when I saw it, I saw it three different times and three different places, packed houses. I mean, it's packed. It's it's very popular. It's wonderful. It's very heartwarming and hilarious. Um, there's a, a documentary on Netflix if yes. people wanted to check that out. There's also a, a series on Netflix as well, The Mortified Guide, which. If you're listening to this voice, you might recognize because there's a little bit of a cartoon that I that they took and animated um, in one of the episodes called "Growing Up Gay." Um, I feel like I know that one. I feel, I feel I, I think I've heard your voice. I've heard your voice. Oh, I didn't know you. Okay, that's so funny. That, that's me. So, uh, so I did this storytelling show, Mortified, and I did. I actually have two stories that I tell with them. I have one about like growing up in a very closeted gay kid in high school and, and I was in the gay chat rooms and blah, 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 and blow jobs and you know, whatever, whatever high schoolers talk about. And then, uh, and then there's a second one because they were like, this is so interesting. You always talk about guiding light in your journals. And I was like, yeah, that's because guiding light's life. Like that is my life. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, here, here's a giant tote that I have, plastic tote of letters and fan campaigns and headshots that I have. It's like a huge time capsule of guiding light from my life. And they were like, this is amazing. (laughs) And so I read, we've worked into this nice story, all of these letters that I wrote to the powers that be in various capacities at Guiding Light on my desire to be a part of Guiding Light. And I read letters. I, I start off by saying things like I created a fan fiction website, which is just still up online somewhere. And if people find it, that's amazing, but it's not going to be published anywhere. 
and then I went to fan events and I wrote letters to the producers and head writers and actors trying to save like if Beth Ellers was being written off the show I wrote to like oh, we gotta save we gotta save Harley you know and here's why um and then there's a there's some video you know because Everyone has videos of them wanting to be a part of Guiding Light, and I do. <laughs> and it's, one, it's a wonderful story, and it sort of sparked, uh, getting back to more misguided, it sparked uh, my love for Guiding Light again, because Guiding Light had been off the air for some years, and, and I was like, I this kid that loved Guiding Light so much is still a, a part of me. And um, there was a woman in the audience from HarperCollins, and she encouraged me to write down all of the stories that I had about growing up and wanting to be on Guiding Light and that turned into this small uh, memoir book that I've never done anything with, it's just there. And someone introduced me to a literary manager and I went and talked to him and he's the one that told me, you know, no one's gonna really buy your book if they don't know who you are, so you might as well create some content. And what do you got, what do you got? And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> I love soaps. <laughs> that's it, that's, that's me. Um, and so I started thinking about like what other people were doing and I love, like hands down love Crystal Chappelle for everything she has been doing since. You watched my interview with her? Uh, I, that was also one of the ones that I watched. <laughs> so prep, I was like, who do I want to watch and prep and sort of model myself after? And, and I was like, obviously I've modeled my whole misguided journey after Crystal Chappelle's Venice. So I was like, let's just start there. Yeah, I love it, I love it. So, uh, so yeah, so that's sort of where it's, I was like, I'm going to sort of follow this and do a web series soap. But I also didn't know what I was doing when I started. I was going to say, and we're, we're going to lead into that because that's the whole thing. It's like, okay, so you have a concept. You're write, writing a book is one thing. And that's, yes. not, that's not easy either. That's not even no. the no. So there's that. But then it's like, okay, I'm going to do a series. Okay, what the, what the F does that mean? Right. And, I, and I'm not a writer. Like, I should, I should preface this. I'm not a writer. Like, I grew up wanting to be an actor. I was like, somebody else is going to write me stuff, and I'm going to speak their words. Like, what? I don't, what? So, okay. So, everything, you know, it's not a stage, it's not, it's not a page, it's not a stage. So, how did, so, how did the writing come about? So, concept writing. Talk about that. How that okay. Season one, season one, uh, Misguided came about with a, desire to go and use Susan Lucci's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That was the first thought, like inkling. I was like, how can I make this show different than anything else anyone else is doing? And I thought, all right, I'm gonna try to be as real as possible. And I just wanna acknowledge like I live in this soap world and who is the biggest soap icon that anyone really can think of is Susan Lucci. And so I wish I could. I wish I could take credit for it, but my friend coined the term at Super Soap Weekend as Big Sue when Susan Lucci would walk by. She's like, "Wait, make room, Big Sue, Big Sue, Big Sue is coming through." And I was like, "Laura, please let me use it, please." And she was like, "Yes, take it." So, affectionately, Susan Lucci is Big Sue to me. So I will go to her star and sort of kick off each episode, and that's sort of how I envision seeing the episodes take place. Like I'll go set up an episode, figure out what we're gonna talk about and then dive into it. Um, and I thought that first season was gonna be it. I was like five episodes, this is gonna be it. I'm gonna be so famous after this. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'll just make it funny. It's gonna be cute. It's gonna have all my friends from daytime in it and some friends that I've met out here. And I modeled each episode after someone that you would typically run into if you wanted to be a soap actor. Like your best friend is a soap star, a casting director that works in soaps, 
um, uh, a writer from a soap opera, which, which uh, some of these were based on real things too, because I, I met um, Adam Dusavoy, I think is his last name, is how you pronounce it, from Bold and the Beautiful. He's a writer and he lives up in Portland. And I went to do Mortified in Portland and I reached out to him on Twitter and I was like, please come see my show. It's all about soaps. I think you're going to love it. And him and his wife came, I think, I think it was a Valentine's Day show. And um, I met him afterward and he loved it. And I sort of used that as like a, an experience that I could talk about, but sort of make it funny and fictional and whatnot. So what was your, so what was your, I mean, again, we're back to the writing. So what was your writing process? You say not a writer. So how did yeah. you write? <sighs> I, laptop and started like I, and I just was like what's interesting and, and I didn't realize it I think at the time and it was only after I started rewatching a few Guiding Light episodes when they did a an episode I don't know if it was for the 15th that it wasn't 15,000 episodes I maybe it was like the 70th anniversary they did a uh, a special episode where people portrayed like Erna Phillips yeah that was, was Erna Phillips and she talked about, and they did it, um, how she would act out the characters. Like she didn't write it, but someone else was writing it, but she would like act them out. And I was like, I think that's what I'm doing. I'm just sort of acting it out in my head and just typing it down how I want it to play out. And I think that's, that's been my process of how I've been doing it. And, and I'm like, this is, and obviously edits and whatnot, but like, that's, that's basically it. Like, I'll just, try to act it out of my head like this is what scene is this going to be and how do I how do I tell it okay well clearly a series was born <laughs> um yeah. and it's good it's funny and you got yeah. some of the actors right. um, mm. where's my tea some of the actors <laughs> from the from the show like Jean Carroll on the show I mean I was like she's on the show I'm like how do you get hurt like so I mean Jean Carroll oh I mean so, that, that whole Bridget storyline, the baby and her husband, that whole thing with Bill, that was the whole thing. No, but anyway, but we're, 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 we're going to get to Guy in Life after this. Talk about Bill's guy, we're gonna get to, I got some questions for you. But anyway, but no, so how did you get some of these actors? And Stephanie, how did you get some of these actors on the show? Okay, so I had, so um, this original journey to be uh, a soap star, I, I met Stephanie through all the fan events. And so when I moved out here, she was one of the first person one of the first people that I like connected with and I was like how can we do this I lived with her for the first month that I was okay. here um so like literally she is my best friend and um so I've been talking to her about all these series ideas and I was like how do I make this blah 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 and when Misguided came about I told her I said I want you to play my best friend if you want to be in this and she said absolutely and she had moved however she had moved down to San Diego by this point and so I, I told her, I said, I'm just going to write it. I said, we'll figure out like filming details, whatever. And, I mean, San Diego is not far. It's, no, it's totally far. So season one, I was like, I need to have Stephanie in it because obviously. And she, quick side note, called me probably, I forget how soon before we started filming. She was like, Paul, I have to tell you something. And I knew the moment she said that, I was like, oh no. She goes, I'm pregnant. And I was like, I knew it. Uh, a total soap thing to you. A subtle and, thing. Oh, and so I was like, don't worry. I'm going to work it out. I will have like giant, giant, giant props and whatnot, which show up. And they were not originally part of the script, but it's, it was great. Um, and then I and I cast Chriselle and um, Melissa Claire Egan. Who's my buddy. I love me some Chriselle style. It's my girl. Uh, 
I love them. They're amazing. And I'm so happy. Chriselle's doing amazing. Like yeah, right yeah. now, she's living like the best moment right now. Right. So like sunset, all that stuff. Yeah, she's the bomb. Um, yeah. But I knew them from all my children back in New York and they um, are friends of mine from out here as well. So I reached out to them and I was like, I have this great idea. Would you want to be in it? You play like heightened versions of yourself, like very comedic. And they're like, this is a funny script. Like, let's do it. So I said, also, it's one day of shooting and it's not even a full day. It'll probably be less than two hours. Perfect. And obviously that's so much better than signing on to a series that's like, I don't know how long this is going to be and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, so that was a really easy ask because uh, there were people that I already knew in season one because I didn't have anything to show, like, who am I? Like, what do I do? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, this is, this is friends putting their trust in me. And so once I put that season one together, I was like, cool. And now I can do a season two. And now I could raise some money. And now I can make some asks and sort of figure out what is going on and make it a little bit bigger. Um, because I had a little bit of a foundation to work off of. Yeah. And, that's, and that's where I could go ask Jean Carroll and say, hey, here I am. This is who I am. This is misguided. And I have loved you since you were Nadine Cooper. And I would love you to be a part of my show. <laughs> Yes, definitely. And um, I sent her a message on Facebook and she, she uh, did not respond to me on Facebook and sent me a text message. And I didn't know who this person was because oh, I didn't oh, have her number. I left her my number, but I didn't know. And I'm looking and I was like, I think this is Jean Carroll. <gasps> so I messaged her back and because she didn't, I don't even think she signed her name. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, it was amazing. And so we had a, a couple email exchanges. I sent her the scripts that night. And I originally offered her the role of my mom, who is now being played by Jackie Zeman. And um, she read the scripts and she was like, I just sort of identify more with this agent. Like, is this an idea that I can do? I was like, whatever you want. Like, absolutely. You want to be on my show? Like, whatever character you want. If you want do you want to play me? Please. <laughs> totally. It's like, okay, sure. Okay. Um, We'll yeah. recast. I don't mind. Yeah, I don't care. I'll, 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 play, I'll play your mother. I don't know. Exactly. So, so that's, I mean, that's how Jean Carroll came about. Was I mean, it was just asking and learning that, you know, the worst thing people could say is no. Well, that's, and, that's, and that's actually a great lesson. It's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a new soap that we're creating. I'm very much aware, yes. And we got, we got Beth Ellers. I am very aware of this. <laughs> I'm the executive producer of my network, GFJ Media, which is where this is on. Um, and I, I always tell people, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So mm-hmm. ask, don't ask. I mean, either way, I say, I'll ask. If they say no, yes, maybe. I'll take any, I'll take any of them. I'm like, why not? Let's see what happens. They could Absolutely. say yes. They could say yes. Or they could point you in the direction of somebody else, which is how I got Jackie Zeman. Okay. Mm. Just talking Bobby Spencer, folks. Oh, my God. I mean, hello, the redhead. I mean, come on. And let me tell you, we, this was second week of October. It was a Monday. I did, we were filming uh, this first scene we were filming for season two 
was being shot that Friday. I had Jean and I needed to have a mother. This is Monday, we're filming Friday, and I didn't have anyone. And I was like, uh, I don't know what to do. Exactly. Two days before we start filming, Jackie Zeman signs on. Two days. And here she is. Two-time Indie Series Award nominee. Come on. Well, so, just, so, how, so how does that, I mean, how does that feel? I mean, like, so you're putting the show out and there's a tension happening towards it. Like, you, we put stuff out all the time. You don't sure. know make it or not. It's, it's, it's bizarre. And it's, it's been like a very um, interesting journey because I like, that's what I wanted. Like, that's what I wanted people to see. Do people know who I am? Like, that's why I'm putting content out. I was told that. But now people are actually watching it and, and following along and wanting more episodes and 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 like, oh, oh wait, now this is happening. Like, oh boy, here we go. Okay, okay. Um But season one, when we first got uh when Missy was nominated for her indie series award uh nomination, I just was beside myself. I I, I didn't think it was possible. Um, I had gone the year before with the woman that plays Breeze, uh, Yvette. And we went just as like guests because I knew Roger from New York and from the Roger, soap world. Buddy. I know Roger. Happy birthday, Roger, too. It's yes, his birthday, birthday today. <laughs> I mean, this is going to probably come out later, but like. Yeah, but as of this day, it's his birthday. Um, but yeah, so I knew Roger from then, so I told him I would go and support. And it was actually a really cool experience because I could market misguided to all these people that are digital content creators already so it was like i have this series here and this is this is really cool and um the next season next year we got a nomination for missy which was amazing so we could be part of it now like we could walk the red carpet and we can just like do our thing and and we've been nominated every season with a nomination which is very very cool um to just have like some recognition was really was really cool yeah, so I mean, the thing is, you know, but the first they're called web series, then become digital mm-hmm. drama. It's always very names for right. um, it's, it's growing and it's changing, and soon we'll have series on Zoom, and things, I mean, everything's happening now. It's like yes. crazy. The microwave will have a series at some point. I mean, it's like, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, but there's some really good work being done, and I have so many friends that I, I'm part of Broken at Love, I was on that series. My friend Carolina. I have friends, of course, Studio City, the series, and this, the series. I mean, I'm friends with all, I, mean, I yeah. love digital dramas. I love digital comedies. I love that. I love that this space is allowing folks like you to create the things you want to talk about and create the roles and work with the people you want to talk about and work Absolutely. with. It's, a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. It's like dreams can come true. It may just look different than you thought it might look like at first. Preach. Absolutely. Like this is, I'm living the dream that I wanted. Like I get to, I grew up watching Nadine, you know, get hit over the head with a candlestick by with brunch i was like she she's gonna be my mother someday like i want to have her be my mother and here we are i mean she didn't want to be my mother she wanted to be my agent but whatever but whatever you know no big deal here's what's funny you might still say what i do i mean i've been in business 13 years and i'm still kind of like i'll look at my phone and i'm like oh so there's michelle stafford calling me okay and then there's sean canaan texting me and oh i'm still in shock that i know people oh that i work with them i know them i'm you know, they mentioned me in their stories sometimes. Like, is, is, is it weird? Like, like, I feel like I'm this guy, like, I'm just this guy in Inglewood, California, my little house. I mean, and... This is, this is bizarre. Like, it is, I look back and I'm like, if little Paul knew what his life was going to become, like, oh my gosh, maybe he wouldn't have dyed his hair and it could have grown out a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, he needs, he needs hair to be a leading man, but I guess not, because look at my right, Don't worry about that. I like a man that has no hair. It's fine. 
but like there there are moments when i'm and i pinch myself and i just yeah. like this is a very cool very cool experience that i i, I am having and I yeah no um how do you stay grounded and motivated <sighs> i like to be a little harsh so how can you how sure. do you do it I stay grounded uh oh, i've had a day job um since forever yeah. um and I've worked, you know, I've just worked all of these, not random jobs, but like a lot of nine to five jobs. And I have yeah. just, I've needed to support myself very, um, I'm very independent and I, and I very much focus on, you know, I'm to being able to take care of myself. And uh, so I think having those type of jobs and experiences helps like keep you grounded and keep you humble and just like, you know, today, do you know how many diapers that I cleaned up today that had shit in them like I you know you don't you you can't get a big head if like oh Jasper's got another poopy diaper I gotta go clean that one up and then even before this I was a dog walker for four years so like I was picking up people's dogs whatever and it's like I'm not living a glamorous life like I'm just I'm just doing what I need to do to get to the next level to get to the next thing and then you know I think that, I mean, just the constant shit in my life, I think is just keeping me humble, you know? <laughs> I had to laugh because last night I was chasing two cats out of my yard and then a possum came. And I'm thinking, hmm. you know, a minute ago, I was talking to the cast of some <laughs> of people. I'm talking to Millie Thomas Scott. I'm talking to Sharon Case, I mean, two legends. And then five minutes later, after the show is over, I'm outside going, get out of my yard, get out of my yard. I'm like, you know, not glamorous at all. Yeah. Chasing cats out, you know, possums are attacking me. It's like, it's life. I mean, we just are all doing the same thing. And I think this sort of experience that we're all having is we're all in various degrees in this together and doing a very similar thing. And it, it goes back to this moment where I, I went to see o, uh, August Osage, Osage County um, in the theaters and they did a SAG after a screening afterward and they had the whole cast there. And Julia Roberts um, is there up on stage and she's talking to this entire theater full of actors and she's like, we're all in this together. Like we all, you know, do these things to get to the next level to do this. And then our jobs are the same. Like we, we go and we have to speak our lines that the writers have written and the director tells us where to go and blah, blah, blah. And we, we're all doing this in, in various degrees, but like, that's it. And, and it resonated with me. Like we are doing this all together. And that's why I'm so happy to see, even be a part of this digital daytime community like we're not in competition with anyone we can lift each other up and support each other and you know celebrate everyone right venice series can be there beacon hill anacostia um you know all these series that are out there monogamy series i mean there's just a million series out there they can all the bay they're all i know all those people i know everybody yeah. they've all been yeah. my shows i know all of them and they're all and they're all just, but they're all like they're all doing something different Correct. they're all utilizing actors mm-hmm. but actors are getting work um, and are getting different kinds of work that they, some people are getting work that they don't get normally they're getting different kinds of roles they don't get so i feel like this, this is a whole world there's no competition this is a whole world of like now there's more work for you absolutely you know, you got east siders and after forever and all, I, mean, I, know, I know all those guys i know all of them and it's yeah. like and that's and that's what's so beautiful about it it's like everybody's everybody's creating something and telling stories they want to tell and, and we as viewers 
and as press and whoever, we get to see it and go, wow, this is, this is amazing. That's amazing. Well, I don't care for that so much, but I do like that over there. Like we can share, we get choice. Absolutely. It's like going to a buffet. You don't necessarily need everything, but you're just glad everything is there for, as an option. The problem is I do need everything. So that's <laughs> I do like that. Um, so this is, okay, is going to be a little kind of uh, guiding light lightning round. Oh no! Yes, oh, no. I'm curious because I watched the show. I know the show myself too, so I'm like, I, I'm curious to get your take. Just, just some of your your first thoughts when I bring up certain things. Okay, I know. Okay, okay, I'm ready. Ready. Okay, number one, the clone. Loved. You know what? I didn't mind that storyline. So I, I loved that it was different, uh, and that it was a, it was. Um, I mean, I know that it doesn't, I know how controversial it was. Like, yeah. absolutely. Um, I was just talking to my, my boss that I worked for about it last night and how I used it uh, in one of my papers that I wrote in high school was all about, you know, how, how Michael and Josh played God. And that was whatever it was for a scripture class. And that's, that's what I did. Um, it was titled Hello Dolly because that's obviously. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was a really interesting love story. And, you know, Josh and Reba have so many different kinds of love stories that I think that that was just a unique way of telling that these two are supposed to be together. And, you know, he would go to the ends of the earth to have Reba in his life. And I think I know, I know a lot of people just felt, this is, this is not days of our lives, our passions. What are you doing? I know uh, it's weird for I that. I also have, I used to think, I was like, wouldn't it have been something? I mean, everyone would have hated it. But when Guiding Light went off the air and like the last thing, uh, Reva actually goes, actually, I'm Dolly. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh, I mean, I like, yeah. because, because what if Reva, like, ultimately sacrificed herself and it was Dolly that was, had been around this whole time? Anyway, fan fiction writer here. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next thing is cousins falling in love. What a sweet taboo. <laughs> Some might even say the sweetest taboo. Exactly. I think that was their, um, I say that because they put it in the show and misguided, yeah. but um, Tammy and Jonathan's message board was called the sweetest taboo, yeah. um, which I thought was, and I like to do that. I like to give little notes and, and little like, you have, of, you have a lot of Easter eggs in this series. A lot like, of them. A lot of God, like, Easter eggs. I was like, okay, I see you. I see mm-hmm. that. I see what's going on. I do. I know, I but I liked, I mean, I liked, I mean, they weren't like full first cousins, I, I think. Okay, so they were, okay, half, so they were half first cousins. First cousins. Half. I mean, I think the way that they initially got together was not great. They have um, blood. Yeah. But, I mean, they had chemistry. They did, they did, right? You can't deny that. I mean, it's not like they grew up, they didn't grow up with each other either. So it's not like that. So, like, you know, it's a soap, anything's possible. Uh, Well, because my, my, I was going to say two words um, Tom Pelfrey. Right. Do you know how much he's blowing up even since then? I mean, just, I mean, the roles that he's taking on, I knew he was a star from the moment he he made it on to. Absolutely. Not surprised of that of all that. He's in Ozark right now too, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. There, so I mean, I'm not. I would come to that season. I'm still watching. Him. But I, but I just know that he's doing amazing work. I've seen other stuff. I'm like, of course he's amazing. Right? Of course, of course, but, he's phenomenal. And the fact that Kim Zimmer was like, anyone but him <laughs> is, I, I was like, oh my gosh. I, I love the dynamic. Know. I yeah. love oh. and Jonathan. They were good. They were very, very good together. Okay. Killing Maureen Bauer. 
Um, so this was pre This is pre-Paul watching. So I don't really have too many thoughts. I have some behind the scenes knowledge that I will not um, share. There's nobody here, it's just us. Mm -hmm. But no, I've, I might've heard a few things, which I, I don't know are true or not, so I don't wanna say, but. Um, I'm joking. But having worked with people that were on around that time, maybe yeah. I know something. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would just say to folks out there, to me, the, the, the scenes leading up to it were brilliant. I mean, she deserved her Emmy, I mean, completely. Sure. I also say, like, killing characters is not necessarily uh, a good thing. It's also not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just a good story, and I think there were stories that were told from that. Um, it's awful. It's absolutely awful when, like, your favorite characters that you love die, and you have to move on, and, and but it leads to other stories, and it leads to other actors, and it leads to other characters that you might fall in love with as well, and Soaps are soaps are uh, interesting in that way, and that everyone is very passionate about these people that you fall in love with on a daily soap basis. Twitter, soap Twitter, <laughs> Twitter. Well, so, soap Twitter wasn't even a thing oh, well, uh, when Maureen Bauer died. I can only you can only imagine what would be happening if that was the case. They, they come after me sometimes. That's not, that's not a story, mm -hmm. but uh, they do. But I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care, bitches. Come after you me. Know. I don't care. My opinion. Whatever uh, people say, if they're not paying you money, then pay them no mind. That's right. Mm -hmm. I, I'm old. I go. Well, you know, if they're talking about you, then you know, all pussy's good pussy. So that's why I think. Right. <laughs> um, no, I, and I want to pay you back that uh, when they killed Tammy off, I was yeah. at first, but I will say Nicole Forrest's performance as Cassie was really good. It, yes, from I that, from that. Yes, and I am. I think she did. I love. I like. I absolutely love Nicole, and I think she did a really great job as as Cassie. I wish it was Laura. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I wish Laura was there when that yes. moment happened. Um, yes, but but I also uh, but I also don't think anything would have compared. Like you can't compare any other reaction to Tom's reaction as Jonathan. Well, yeah. Like there's there's like no other soap death that I can think of that like resonates so. Well. I have one other in terms of. Um, Minus the whole, well, for me, it was the BJ storyline on General mm -hmm. Hospital yeah. thing. But um, last year, when they killed off on General Hospital Kiki, Jerome. Oh, yes. Her, yes. Her performance, she says, Lauren, Catherine, Jerome, wake up. And it's like, mm -hmm. I was like, I was just sobbing like a baby. I mean, Laura uh, West is like, well, she's, she's, she, she, she is she's the queen. up there. And I just, one day, oh, I'm trying to get her on my show. That's it's been my it's my thing for the last three or four years. She's retweeted some of my tweets, but she doesn't do a lot of press. And okay. I'm just like, I want her on my show. I want her okay. on my show. That's like, I want the queen on my show. That's another, that's another story. Okay. Up for another time. But um, <laughs> all right, so because that was before your time. Okay. Um, well, that, that, well, here's the thing. So was so was so Reva and Josh for you. Those were the end game, wasn't it? But they didn't. They didn't. It didn't go that way. But was that were the end game? Were they end? They were end game. Right. I mean, um, I think Reva's last word was always as they drive off in a pickup truck with the lighthouse behind them. I'm like, it was very cliche. Um, did I love seeing them struggle and have the turmoil that they had? Absolutely. Did I love when Annie Dutton like grabbed Reva, put her hand on her chest, and threw herself backwards to then show that like she miscarried, but she really like it was. Yes. Insane! Like that whole storyline was yes. amazing. You're welcome. We're gonna now. <sighs> Cynthia, let me tell you. 
Yeah. She worked it out. Blessed. Yeah. She is. Uh, she she gave me a masterclass in acting when I watched her as Annie Dunn. And I was like, there's like, she is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, um, but my question for you is, um, mm -hmm. next one is, the handheld cameras. I mean, there's, there's a lot of controversy because they had this, they were trying to save money. Yes. We were trying to work it out. They're all trying to work it out. Yes. What are your thoughts about that when they were trying to save, um, to save the show? But I mean. It, so from what I've heard and read, it, it gave them an extra year. So I can't be mad at it for that. Um, it gave us an extra year with the show that I love. Um, was it poorly executed? Probably yes. Did they not have the right cameras for a while? Probably yes. The fact that I can look at Misguided season one and be like, why does this look so much better than uh -huh. Guiding Light season 72? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Like, I know I had a little sound issues. I didn't know what I was doing. Well, no, yeah, this is a show that's on CBS. Like, you should have money for a camera that's not a little handheld thing that you get at Best Buy. Like, I don't know what they were using, but it doesn't look no, good. And, like, it's, it's weird because you would see – it's not like the first time that they did um, a location shoot either. No, not at all. So the fact that it just, it, it has a grainy feel to it. Like it definitely, it's, it's very bizarre to me. Um, I loved the idea of permanent sense. Although I, I, I mean, I understand the cost cutting the debt that goes into and, and the unions and whatnot, but there's, but there's also like a really cool thing of seeing like actual sets and, and, and whatnot. I just, I just think that it was not executed beautifully. <laughs> and it could have been. I agree with on that. I mean, I, I understood the reasoning, and I and like I said, you can't be mad. They're they're trying something. And Absolutely, and I I mean, I love the idea of P, like of PPAC being an actual physical location that Guiding Light is, and I don't know. There's something really cool like about an actual city that it's taking place in, and whatever, and it and it it definitely gave it a different feel. Um, maybe not the feel that Guiding Light is, but it was it was a thing and. You know, kudos for trying it. So who's, who's your favorite character? Um, I have a couple, and I just did a podcast, and I said this, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, she's a, she's a, she is one." I, I mean, Annie Dutton is probably one of the top ones, um, but Harley Cooper, I, I yeah, totally blanked on the last thing I did, and I was like, "Yeah, Harley was like it. She was, she could do no wrong to me as 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 much as like she could do wrong. She just never could do any wrong." Um, and I loved her. This is the thing that I loved about Beth Ellers is that I loved her when she was with Philip. I loved her when she was with Gus. I loved her when she was with anybody. Alan Michael. I mean, yeah. anyone. And I, I mean, she's phenomenal. So like kudos for you for getting her on your show because that's, a, that's awesome. Also, I thought she was done acting. So this, that was like such a great shock when I saw it. I was like, this is so cool. So congrats. You work it out. That's some good yeah, one. Work it out. Work it out. No, the thing is, the thing about her, and I say, I think it's a travesty of justice, is that she does not have an Emmy. I know. No, seriously, I mean, there's few people I think that should at least have one uh -huh. up there in their in their in their cabinet. And I'm thinking she was nominated over and over again. Over well, she's again. been nominated for every category too, right. from right. younger younger actress to uh, supporting to lead. Yeah. Like I mean, I just don't. I mean. I She's will only say that they did waste her on all my children, but that's okay. 
Oh, of course. Of course. As a waste. Um, but the guiding light stuff, <laughs> I, I just said, she didn't do anything after guiding light to me. I was like, she didn't do anything after that. No, um, that's, not a, that's not in soap canon. Yeah, you like, you like that. Exactly. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, she's guiding light. So I, I love soap. But um, if people were to go online and go to YouTube and look at episodes, why should folks check out Guiding Light on, like, on YouTube, in your opinion? Why should they go back and check the episode? Should they check, go back and watch Guiding Light? Yeah. Like, uh, oh, wow. Hmm. It's very interesting. That's a good question. Uh, I'm an interviewer. No, so. no, that's a really good one. Uh, Guiding Light has a nostalgia to it, and there's a history to it because it, it was on for 72 years in some capacity. Um, I think having seen... At, like you can go and pick it, pick any sort of episode you want and you'll get some sort of story that was carried over for years before and I think having that nostalgia is is something that we don't have in entertainment these days like you have I, I only started watching General Hospital probably a few years ago um and like religiously when I was like, oh my gosh, Jackie Zeman's going to get a storyline. Let me see what this is. And then she has diabetes for a week. And I was like, come no, on, yeah, give Jackie a story. Uh, so that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But I was like, but I've been watching and, and I know it's been on for a, a 56, 57 <laughs> I mean, years. Yeah. Um, but there's so many new people that I'm like, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't, for me, it, I mean, it probably does for people that have watched from the beginning because they recognize all these families. But to me, I'm still learning about all of these people. I'm just, there's like very much a newness to it. Um, it also has a new feel, like the look is very new. Guiding Light had that old school feel. It had that old school soap, New, new York soap feel. And those New York soaps are very different. They have a very different look than an LA soap. Um, which also, I think, is also a part of why I loved the New York soaps is because you didn't have to be a model. You didn't have to be, like, the pretty, pretty person. And you could just be a regular human being on these soaps. And I don't know. I felt like I fit in more with that crowd than, than in an L.A., like, model, like, here I am, like, model, actor, here, whatever. But I don't know. Like, Guiding Light has that to me. And as the world does, too, and all my children and one like to live in, in another world. But... Anyway, I mean, guiding light. But you also love something or you don't love it. And I'm not here to tell you, like, you've got to love this. I know, but I just said, you know. what you think? I think, but I think there's some different checkouts. See, see what their style is. Yeah. Good, some good acting on there. There's some really good acting. I mean, there's phenomenal. I mean, we watch the Roger and Holly stuff all the way up to, you know, everything. It's a lot of stuff. Type in Kim Zimmer and just, like, yeah. cry. That's all I'll do. It's just be like, <laughs> she's so good. <laughs> How? How? She has all those Emmys, and that's, that's, she deserves every single she one. She deserves every single one, and not, and maybe more. Like you right. know, the slut of Springfield. Oh my gosh! Right. Let me tell you, there's a fountain. There were fountain, uh, fountain scene in Misguided season two, and I want. Like I was like, do I do I jump in the fountain? Do I make this a part of this? How do I do that? I just. Yeah. Yeah, you had to find a way that was clever so it wouldn't seem too cheese and too right. on the nose. Exactly. And like, here's the homage to, you know, another Easter egg, as they say. Yes. For, for oh, there's, pl there's plenty oh, no, of I know, I know. As I'm watching the series, I'm seeing more and more. Like, oh, <laughs> I see him. I see him. So, you know, last, I mean, I, I could talk to you forever. So let, me, so let me wrap this up a little bit. Who is Paul today? We started out with who you were before. 
So who are, who are you today? Who is Paul Gosselin today? Paul is a very enthusiastic yeah. um, performer, storyteller, uh, human being who wants to inspire other people to be the same. Uh, and not obviously the same cookie cutter, but like feel the same way. Be passionate about something that they believe in, uh, live authentically and um, have a good time. And I think that that's sort of who I have become because um, if I wasn't having a good time doing this, then why, why bother? Um, and I think that that was one of the biggest lessons that I've learned this whole process is just continue to have fun and remember why you love this each and every day. And you are fully who you are in these days. That's me. <laughs> took a while. It took a while. It takes a while. <laughs> but everyone's on their journey and, you know. I love it. Well, you affected change for me, so thank you. I, you, are, you are enthusiastic. You are a bright light. You are a guiding light. Oh, stop it. But yeah, thank I'll you. <laughs> I'll do that for you. But no, you are. You're amazing. And so I look forward to when things get better in public i want to have see you in person i want to actually be see you have lunch or something in person absolutely absolutely i would love that idea like you know not, right now we're not doing that but when it gets better we of course of course of course we'll still be six feet away we'll have i'll bring my susan lucci mask it'll be great <laughs> that's so funny that are you serious you have us oh my god you do that's hilarious you know it's one of many one of men, I have a guiding light one. I'm like, listen, masks are the new accessory. And I'm all for it. Hold that thought. Yeah. <laughs> Hold the thought. Let me show you something. You're going, I don't even know if you have it. I forgot to pull them out earlier. I have guiding lights, 20 cast Yes, yes, yes. Four discs. And I have, as the world turns, 20 classic episodes oh, on four discs. These are like vintage and wonderful. And yeah, but be more of them. 2012. Dr. Gamble came out in 2012. So I have them. And I'm like, great wedding, secrets and scandals. Yeah. And villain. I have to I have, I have these. I'm going to show you that. I love that. I do. I love it. Thanks, Paul, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. It was like, so much fun. It was so, so much cool fun. to talk. Thank you. Um, tell folks where they can find your series, Find Cosmopolitan, and all that stuff. Tell us what's going on. Uh, Finding Cosmopolitan is really easy. You just Cosmopol, P-A-U-L-I-T-A-N. Uh, pretty much any social media platform. And then uh, Misguided Series is on YouTube. Um, you can go to misguidedseries.com, and uh, it will point you in all the directions. I it's really not huge on Instagram, but I, I've been around on Instagram a little bit more, so Misguided Series there, and just started a Facebook page for it, so yeah, wherever no, you want to be. It's worth saying, I just started, I just started, I, I people were like, oh, you should be bigger on Instagram, so I just really started using Instagram, like I really wasn't using it, mm -hmm. and so now I'm starting, I was, I'm big on Twitter and other places, I'm, like, I'm just sure. starting to use Instagram or something. So. Yeah, there's just too many, and I'm just like, what do I do? And I do it all myself, and I'm like, I, ugh. I know, we're, we're doing it ourselves, we're one man's fan, we're doing everything, yeah. like, I'm tired. Exactly. I need to sleep I, at some point. Hey, hello. I like you. You're taking care of babies. You got things going on there too. You're doing that. Jesus. 
Um, and I'm James Live Jr. You can follow me where all James Live Juniors are sold at James Live Jr. <laughs> also, media platforms. That's everywhere, kids. And then this show is on every streaming service you can think of, from Deezer to Spotify to iHeartRadio. I, I put it everywhere. And then, of course, the video versions on my channel, JLJ Media. On YouTube, go ahead and subscribe if you'd be so kind. And check out some of my other shows. I have, a, I have like 10 shows on there that I have playlists for. And they're all nice and neat for you to follow. And there's more of these episodes on here, too. And he will be on there. So if you're a fan of his or misguided series, please share with whoever you think needs to see this interview. And everybody, please stay safe and sane and watch some digital series. <laughs>